This is Bob Rourke with Business Leaders Podcast. Today, we're fortunate to have as our guest Kim Hansen, CEO of Learning RX, a Colorado Springs based franchise with 80 centers in the U.S. and a presence in 40 countries around the world. Kim is originally from Appleton, Wisconsin. She and her husband, Wayne, came to Colorado about 20 years ago and lived on the Western Slope where Wayne was on staff as a youth pastor at a big church. Kim, if you would, take us through those early years with your father, Dr. Ken Gibson, a pediatric optometrist who developed the Learning RX process, and your journey from the early years growing up to where you joined the company and then became the CEO. If you would, share that story with us. Yeah, so my dad really started out wanting to answer a question. And that question was, how can you be smart and still struggle to read? And so he kind of set out on a journey to kind of answer that question because as a child himself, he was off the charts when it came to like logic and reasoning and a lot of things that we look at today and know what IQ is, but he really struggled to read. And so there was this mystery as to how can you be smart and yet struggle? And so that's kind of the journey that he set out on. I think another part of that, too, is he wanted to have smart kids. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? Don't we all? (laughs) Right? So as as even a baby, really, when I was two years old, he put me in a high chair, and uh, he taught me 800 words off of flashcards. We know today that that's not a good way to do it, (laughs) but it's a great party trick. My dad was always just interested in how a person learns. He's always been a studier of people and loves research and learning. He's really a lifetime learner. He's also just a great trainer. So when I was four, I became his partner. and Child labor laws. (laughs) Exactly. And I would go with my dad everywhere. We would go and buy real estate. I'd look at buildings. All the bankers knew me by my name. (laughs) And I would go and attend business seminars. Um, So I was really, truly my dad's partner. He loved to challenge me with things. And so that's kind of part of that journey. Just even having me negotiate buying the pizza at the end of the day, (laughs) try to get, you know, a bunch of pizza for five bucks or negotiate here or there. And so that was a big part of just knowing like the business side. I loved to draw as a kid. And so my dad also one day said, you know what? You should make some greeting cards. So I went and I worked on it and drew them. And I said, okay, here they are, dad. And so we went to the printer. We looked at the different cost. We had them printed up. And I thought, great, I have greeting cards. And then when we got home, he said, well, now you have to go sell them. And I thought, what? Like, I'm only nine years old. And so I had to sell 10 packs before I could have dinner that night. And so I went, I set out in my neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I learned real quickly that older ladies like greeting cards. They like to send people cards. And if I gave them a bundle of three and gave them a little bit of a lower price, they'd buy three packages. I could be home for dinner. (laughs) And so that was a lot of my journey just as a kid. You know, my dad was always into, it's kind of started with vision training, but then he also had a lot of the cognitive parts to it. So his brother was a psychologist. They were only about a year apart, so they'd get together on the weekends, and they would talk about what it takes to be smart and IQ, and I've actually been taking IQ tests since I was four, 
most weekends, you know, when is we the go trend up to the up? cottage. Huh? Is the trend up? <laughs> you know what? I think at this point I've taken so many IQ tests. I don't think it's really fair to even <laughs> evaluate it because <laughs> I'm just really good at taking the test. But yeah, so that is a lot of our journey. You know, as a kid, I did go through my dad's training and I helped kind of develop it. Even as a 15-year-old, I became the first one-on-one trainer. Before that, we always kind of did it as a circuit where you kind of go in and you'd go from station to station. But then we decided to go one-on-one where you have your own individual coach. And I was actually the first one to do that, but I was still in high school. And so the parents loved the results, but they thought the trainer was a little young. (laughs) And so then I started to train other people how to train and use my dad's methods. A little bit later, I went to school to be a teacher. I wanted to teach in the inner city. I wanted to do something really meaningful with my life. And I loved helping kids that were in a situation that they needed to come out of. You know, you think about the journey with your dad. Mm-hmm. You know, your dad is one of those rough folks that was an entrepreneur, it sounds like, from day one. Yeah. You know, and it sounds like... Even his, as a kid, he was. He yeah, had a long cutting business and yeah. painting houses. Yeah. You know, you hear about so many people that start a business based on a frustration that they had. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have an inkling that you have a fairly good mind and yet you struggle with a part of the spectrum... And you go, why is that? Mm-hmm. And your dad sounds like he took the scientific method. Yeah. You know, I have a hypothesis. I'll either prove or disprove. And it sounds like he had a willing pupil slash test subject, which was you. Yeah. You, you know, and, pig number one. <laughs> you know, and I think about, you know, many kids when you were first starting to tutor were babysitting. Mm-hmm. You know, so you must have related to your kids really well. When you did that... Did you get a lot of feedback that helped your dad further when you first started tutoring for these kids and teaching? I actually think the first moment that I realized the power of what my dad's program could do in someone's life was actually when I got to college because I had trained a lot of students and I'd seen it in their life, but I remember the first time I had huge empathy was in college. I had a friend and she would study so hard. She'd study like four, you know, six, eight times harder than everyone else. And no matter how hard she tried, she just couldn't get the grade she wanted. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh, like you put in so much effort, if only you had the tools to bring to the table so that, you know, you could be more efficient with the tools that you have. And so I think that that was the first time that I realized, wow, everybody needs what we do. You know, if you go to to start a project, you know, you have to have the proper tools. Right. You know, if you're going to manage your finances, you need to have some baseline and proper tools. And and you think about where you're going to go to school, and they go, well, here's your book. Yeah. Here's your pencil. Have at it. We're all counting on you. Yeah. You know, and so how many times do you get issued tools? You know, and, and part of what I think is fascinating, before I get too far ahead, is how did you transition from college and the Western Slope into the company and CEO. Take us through that journey. Yeah, so I did teach school for a while. And then uh, we moved to Colorado and my husband was a youth pastor. And so I had now had a son and twins. (laughs) So you could say I was pretty busy. Um, But I also wanted to do something outside of the house. So I did train a few kids from my home. 
with our programs. And then I was also like a kid's pastor in a big church. I had about 300 kids coming to my service. When I first took it over, there were about 40 kids. So it was something I grew with volunteers and I don't know, it was kind of Nickelodeon style. But my ministry was getting so big and my husband's was getting so big because he was a youth pastor and I was kind of having to do both and had now a fourth kid. (laughs) And so uh, it was time to do something different. And uh, this whole time, my dad would send me projects sometimes like, hey, Kim, we're doing this new procedure. Could you do this and put this together? You know, my dad is a genius at systems and taking research and wisdom from the field, but then making it practical and putting it into like the system that he devised. And so because I had been with him so long, I know how to take his ideas and make it happen. And so he would send me those projects and he'd always tell me, you need to come back and work for me. You need to come back and work for me. And so when they moved to Colorado, it was just the right timing for them, the right timing in my life. And so that's when I joined. It was about a year before we started franchising. Before that, we just licensed our our program to, to doctors and specialists and hospitals and that type of thing. But then we decided to actually give them the business model with it. Mm-hmm so that we could reach more people. It's interesting, you know, I think about how I found you guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm a subscriber to the Color Springs Business Journal and uh-huh. they feature folks and they had you in there. And I can remember reading the article and we had some learning challenges in my family. Yeah. And the struggle that you have in trying to find somebody qualified and the avenues that you go down and you go, I, I'm a fan of learning, I'm a lifelong learner. And so I was fascinated by what they were talking about. And I said, you know, for all of the folks out there that either have a current learning challenge, you know, or they have kids that are struggling in in learning, I said, I've got to get you on the show to make sure that some of the folks out there, you know, maybe we only reach one person, Mm -hmm. but that's one person. Yeah. You know, and you think about the difference. You can see it now. I am sure that you have students that come back and talk to you and go, you have made such a difference. You know, and I think about the pebble in the pond difference things. That's really interesting. So, you know, if, if we're out there and, and one of the listeners are going, you know, I've got this kid and I know this kid's smart. How does an individual know or even discover that they have a learning challenge and how do they reach out to you guys and what's your recommendation yeah. to them? So almost everyone knows someone who struggles in some way to learn. We almost all can think of someone in our lives. If learning is harder than it should, if it takes longer than it should, or more effort than it should, then something is there. And so what we do is there are seven underlying skills. Most people don't know that. There's also two parts to SMART. So there's what you know, which is what the school focuses on, but then there's also how you process information. It's like your attention and your memory and how you see things visually and how you process them auditorily. And so what we do is we look at those seven skills and we see where someone's strengths and weaknesses are. And then we can pinpoint why they're having a struggle. And then what we do is we start to train with mental exercises that weakness and start to strengthen it. So that's what we do. If you're wondering, is my child, you know, uh, struggling? We do have like an online free survey that you can take. 
if you just go to learningrx.com and find the take a free survey, it's just kind of a series of questions that you can answer and it will help identify if there's a likely problem. But then the next step would be to actually get an assessment. And the assessment will look at those seven areas and let you know really pinpoint why they're struggling and is there something we can do about it? You know, it's, it's interesting. We were talking beforehand is to make sure that folks knew how to reach out to you. So it's learningrx.com. Mm -hmm. And then the assessment is also on learningrx.com. Yeah. Well, what you could do is you could put in your zip code and find a center. So we have about 80 centers here in the U.S., we're also, like you said earlier, in, in about 40 countries. Likely, you'll be able to find a center in your area. If not, I guess there's an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you think about, for many of the folks, it's like your dad's passion. Yeah. You know, his passion and discomfort with some of his challenges early on mm -hmm. led to this business and this solution. And, you know, and I think about parents that are involved with their kids that end up and work as a tutor. Yeah. You know, and I think of the tutors that are out on the planet going, you know, I know a number of tutors here in town. Yeah. And they'll go through and, and say, well, I'm a math tutor. And I think there's a challenge periodically on what tool do you bring to bear? Yeah. And where can you make the biggest difference? Well, I think what's hard about tutoring is that you're reteaching what they didn't get the first time, right? So you're reteaching content. But a lot of times what will happen is you reteach it and they still don't get it. Yeah, that's the symptom, so, not the problem, isn't it? Right. Yeah. So it's not that they need better instruction, typically. Typically, there's something underlying that is stopping it or roadblocking it from getting in there. And so what we do is find those, identify those roadblocks. And what's really cool is it's not just reteaching. It's fun. It's like mental games. So kids actually really enjoy it. If you ever walk into one of our centers, there's all kinds of energy. You'll hear a metronome going. You'll hear uh, kids shouting, you know, five, eight, three, because they're doing like mental exercises. Up, down, right, down, up, <laughs> you know. And so there's a lot of energy. It's fun. They enjoy it. And it's not just for kids either. We also help adults. So it's not just, you know, 4 to 18, it's 4 to 94, which is kind of cool. You know, it's interesting as, as you go through the journey and you learn, I mean, we're, we're covered up with technology here. Mm -hmm. And you think about trying to pick up the technology pieces that you require. And if you don't have the baseline to assimilate the knowledge, mm -hmm. then you're struggling. Yeah. And you kind of go, why am I spending so much time doing this? So on some of the specific tactics, let's say that there's one area that's predominant that you find people struggle with in learning, what, what would be that problem and what's the tactic that you guys bring to bear? I would say there are two. We get a lot of students that have difficulty learning to read and it's because they have low auditory processing skills. And you can have logic and reasoning off the charts but have a hard time blending, segmenting and analyzing sounds which is the number one skill that you need to have when you're learning to read. And so that can be a stopping block. The other thing would be attention. We see so many kids that have attention issues. Most people don't know too that there's three types of attention. There's uh, just how long you can do something. It's can you do it without being distracted? And then can you do more than one thing at a time? Well, we work on all three attentions. And so it's not that we can totally remove an attention issue, but what we can do, and I've had students who've come in that I've worked with personally who started out with maybe eight or 10 seconds of sustained attention, and then they were gone. 
So every 10 seconds, it's up, down, over here, touching, impulsive. Squirrel. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. squirrel. <laughs> and by the end, they could retain that even with heavy distractions for like eight minutes. Well, that's life-changing, right? When you can take someone from a few seconds to, I mean, even if it was two minutes, it would be life-changing for them because now they can focus for that long and get so much more done. And so... It's not that they'll never have an attention issue, but boy, if I could stretch your 10 seconds to two or six or eight minutes, it's life-changing. For that parent that's listening and you go, so you've got, I've got a kid that's not attending in class. Yeah. And when I was a kid, you just sat in the back of the class if that's how you were. Right. You know, <laughs> and they marginalized you. And so is there a tool that might draw that mental picture for somebody that's listening to this for the kid that you bring to bear? Is it the metronome? Is it colored paper? Is What do you do as a tool to help them develop their attention? Yeah. So what we do is we do use the metronome because you only have uh, so much time to answer. So you really have to attend while you're doing it. And we just do different mental exercises. And while they're doing that, we also try to distract them. So as you're uh, maybe going down a column of numbers and adding five to each one, I might be distracting you and saying six, eight, three, four. How many toes do you have? <laughs> and then you say three and I go, three? Does your mom know you lost two? <laughs> or seven, I guess. <laughs> you know, I can see how the kids would enjoy uh -huh. that when it becomes more of a game. Yeah. You know, and so it makes... And I think of the assimilation of tools, you know, the military has some of the better techniques on training muscle memory and how to succeed in various environments. And I think this is really, it is interesting. You know, so you've got this lifespan of, of learning and teaching and now mm -hmm. running the business. And so as you're doing all of these things, when did you do your first franchise? What year was that? Mm -hmm. It was back, I believe, in like 2001, I want to say, or 2002, somewhere right around there. And you have 80 franchises now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and, and we're in 40 countries, actually 46, I think. You know, I think about that. Can you talk a little bit about some of the challenges along the way as you're growing the company and you know, you're going from a few franchises to multiple countries, multiple languages, and so on? Mm-hmm. Growing a company has lots of issues, just like, because they're small businesses, right? And so small business is not easy. It's very rewarding. It's fulfilling. But you kind of have to throw your life into it, right? But you have a lot of freedom with it. And so helping others, one great thing is that we have a program that gets great results. So a lot of our franchisees have even come from parents of kids that struggled. And uh, the changes that they saw in their own kids were so impressive to them. Even if they had driven miles to another center, they were like, my community needs one of these. So they quit their corporate job. Some even, you know, we have a lot of professionals too like audiologists, psychologists, we have a pediatrician, where they even like sell their practices and open a center because they want to help kids in their community. You know, we didn't know franchising at first, and so we joined the IFA <laughs> and we took classes. Quite a few of us here have a certified franchise executive uh, certification, which is actually kind of a master's in franchising. Just like we researched how to change someone's attention. We also researched how to franchise. <laughs> you know, this sounds sort of familiar. You're applying the same techniques. Yeah. To, and so to your process. Right. As well. It's taking 
the wisdom that other people have and taking it and putting it into a system. And so, you know, for 15 years, I ran our support department. And so I got to take you know, all these ideas and all these things and put it into a system. That's one of the things I love to do. I love to take something really complicated and hard that people don't understand and say it in kindergarten words. And so that's what I've kind of done for our business. You know, and tell the story. You know, I, I think about there's an, a motivated parent. You uh-huh. said, I'm so motivated. I want to have the business. And they go, you know, I'm really good at being a parent. I'm really not so very good at, at running a business. And I don't know how because most mm-hmm. folks haven't been taught. And so I think about you guys with your systems and your techniques on learning. I am sure that you guys take the same thing and apply it to your business owners so they have a method to learn and how to overcome those small business challenges. I think that's why we chose a franchise system. Um, It might seem a little odd that you would take, you know, a learning center or cognitive training and put it into that kind of a system. But that way, anyone can come to the table, whether they're a professional and don't have that business background, or whether they're a marketer, a business person, a mom or dad, and they can live within the systems because we do know how to run a small business. And so it's not that hard to transfer, (laughs) but it is kind of a complicated thing. Well, you know, I, I think like many things, you know, you, you don't eat dinner in one bite either. Right. You know, and so I think you go through. So you, you've done the change from where you were licensing some of this stuff to the hospitals and individuals and to the franchise system. How many folks do you think you've impacted with your training so far? We are actually about to hit a milestone this year where we have trained. We're really close to 100,000 brains that have been trained. That's a pretty big milestone if you think of the Rose Bowl uh, stadium, seats about 100,000. It's a lot of people. It's two divisions in the military. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think about that and you think of the difference. And so you've, if you started doing this many years ago, you've got some of these trained brains getting ready to be parents. Yeah. And I think about the ability to take the skills that they've learned and, you know, the second effect. Mm-hmm. of teaching their kids. And, yeah. and I think that's just an incredible difference. We now even have trainers that became a director and now own their own center. And so I know that there are also some students that are now trainers. And I cannot wait until we have a former student who became a trainer and now has their own center. It just a matter, Any day now. matter of time. <laughs> just a matter of time. Like a child who struggled yes. is now running a brain training Tough center. And, Is that not you, cool? you can walk through the journey with them. You know, yeah. I've been where you've been, mm-hmm. you know, type story. As you have this growth of your franchise system, what does an ideal franchise owner look like to you? Well, they couldn't be a professional. Um, we have a lot of professionals. Someone who wants to make a difference, definitely. We work with really precious families, and so it's important that we find precious people to work with them. A lot of them are just parents that are in the corporate world that leave their corporate business, want a change of life, and want to do something meaningful. And uh, what better to do than to help families that have struggling kids? Because when you have a struggling kid, it's the whole family, really, that suffers, typically. It's not just the person struggling, it really does affect the family. And so what's kind of cool is every time you've changed or trained a brain, you've also helped a whole family unit. Here's the other thing that just came to mind is that you don't have to be struggling to get an advantage from what we do either. 
You know, uh, I have four kids. I have one who really struggled, had a lot of difficulty just developmentally, and our program helped him. But I also have a son who's in the 90th percentile, and I put him in too, and it helped. In fact, I think of one of my favorite students that stands out to me was a little six-year-old boy in San Antonio, Texas. And I walked in and he's standing up and he's giving like every ounce of energy he has to his training. He's just like, throw it at me, throw it at me. You know what I mean? And so I just looked at him and the passion that he had towards the training. And I said to the director, like, what is his story? His sister was in second grade, so she was a little bit older, and she was coming to Learning Rx, and she had struggled to read and was starting to really read well. And so he begged his mom, can you take me? And she's like, no, you, you know, you're my smart kid. And he's like, he was afraid that she was going to pass him up and he was going <laughs> to lose his title of the smart kid. So he was there fighting for his title, right? And uh, I just love that. I loved his ambition. And you know what? We can help even a kid who wants to be at the top of their game, be at the top of their game. Nowadays, kids are really over oversubscribed. They, they got yeah. this meeting, this sport, this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and I think about those kids. And if you could give them enough training mm-hmm. where you go, I've compressed the amount of time you've got to spend on schoolwork from X to half right? of X just from being trained. Even after college, we all assume that college is a destination. And then when you're done, then you're in the workforce. Well, the reality in the workforce is by and large, you learn your job when you get there because college does not teach you your job. And I think about if you have the tools to assimilate a job quickly, that puts you ahead of your peers. Right. Quickly. You know, I I think that's fascinating from my standpoint because I read about, you know, I'm I'm a good audience. I I read about this stuff all the time. Anyhow, Mm -hmm. if I'm a a person that's interested and I'm going like, man, I'd like to do one of those in my community and make a difference. How do they figure out or start planning on the financial commitment or how do they find out that information? Yeah. So you can go to actually learningrx.com and just put on, you know, open a center and it'll take you into our how to find a franchise or start a franchise. So we have webinars. We have a lot of information there. Um, You can start just by emailing us. The investment, it really depends upon your territory or what you're looking at, how many zip codes you want. So it can be anywhere, the initial investment can be anywhere from about 80,000 to about 200. And a lot of that, you know, some of that goes towards the franchise fee. It also includes, you know, your starting materials and equipment, also a marketing launch, and then just kind of a fund that you can have with a small business. You want to have a fund that you can draw from some working capital. And so all of that's included kind of in that 80 to 200 grand. And so that's kind of what you need as an investment. We do have a process that we go through. Again, we're looking for the right people to work with our families. And so, you know, you come to a discovery day, we grill you quite a bit. (laughs) We want to make sure we have the best people. And if you were to attend our annual convention and look at the people we have, you would be so impressed. There's some of the smartest most generous, passionate people you've ever met. I'm so proud of our franchisees. That's awesome. They, it, yeah. You know, not just kind of sharp. They are amazing people. You know, it's you, you think about the collective wisdom of the crowd mm-hmm. when you get together and invariably they'll bring their past into the discussion and go, I see something this way. And you go, never thought about looking at it that yeah. way. 
Yeah. Well, you put an audiologist and a psychologist and a, someone who has a doctorate in education and someone who ran a Fortune 500 company, you know, you put all of them in the same room <laughs> and uh, it's pretty amazing. In looking at where you've been and you've identified your franchise owners and I think we've talked to some extent where the listener's going, who's a fit for the program? So it's from the kid that's struggling you know, to the kid that wants to excel mm-hmm. or to somebody trying to get ready to go to a, a college. Yeah. You know, Anyone who wants to do something better, faster, and easier. So how do you see the future of the company over the next five or 10 years? Well, I told you we're about to hit that milestone of 100,000 mm-hmm. brains trained. Um, my 10-year target is to triple that. I would love to see 300,000 brains trained. And so that means a lot more students in our centers, and it means a lot more centers. There are a lot of cities who don't have the help that we can provide. And so, you know, just even being a mom of a kid who struggles, I know the pain of it. I know what it's like. And to be able to bring something to your community that can help someone so much is a pretty powerful thing. You think about the the growth and the marketing and and I, I, you know, my broad sense is why isn't one everywhere, uh-huh. honestly? Yeah. And what do you think the chief impediment to there's not a center in every major metropolitan area? What do you think the challenge has been? I think that it's just because, first of all, brain training is a bit of an unknown and they just haven't heard about us. They haven't heard a story yet about us. When they touch our product and they see the testimonies, they see their test results. You know, we have 18,000 client outcomes. We have over 20 plus studies that are either finished or ongoing. It's 35 years of research that we're working off of. Again, for me, I'm a convinced guy because of the challenges in my family. Mm -hmm. And and my sister was the smart one in the family. Yeah. You know, the straight A kid that, Uh you know, lots of smarts just couldn't get out of her own way. You know, and I think about there were a few things I was good at, but the organic chemistry didn't happen to be one of them. Mm -hmm. You know, and you think about having the tool to go in and learn how to learn a particular tough topic. Yeah. Would be a really nice. So if you're... Well, and and different topics require different tools. That's why you can have some really high tools. You know, some parents get really confused because what they have in front of them is a child who's really good at a bunch of things. You could even call them brilliant, right? I actually had a daughter who, super smart, but she did struggle to read. Luckily, I had our programs and uh, worked on that with her. But that is why. And if you really think about your kid and just like if you gave them the assignment of putting away the laundry, for example, if attention was weak, they might come back and go, what did you want me to do again? Or where, what was I supposed to do? If it's visual processing, maybe they didn't picture where they were supposed to go. If it was logic and reasoning, maybe they can't figure out, uh, that's a lot of laundry. How am I going to do that? What steps do I need to take? And so you can even look at a task in your home and see where the breakdown is. But again, our testing can pinpoint that. And so that's why some kids are confusing. And a lot of times dads will say, well, they're lazy because they're smart at this. It's not typically being lazy. Lazy is evidence that there's a struggle, right? Because you don't want to do something that's hard. You want to quit. But if it's easy, you love to do it. Do you have very many adults come into your program? We do. Yeah. You know, I I think about... We even help soldiers that have come back with Mm -hmm. TBIs. Mm -hmm. 
and TBI. we've been able to help, yeah, a traumatic brain injury. So they were too close to a bomb that went off. Maybe they lost their short-term memory or their ability to read. And we were able to start uh, restoring that for them. You know, I think about your journey, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. You know, your dad, obviously, influential in your life. What do you think the best advice you ever got from your dad was? Hmm. If I think about the thing my dad said to me repeatedly, it was always, you're smart, you can figure it out. (laughs) I think he said that to me because he would give me just small pieces of information and then he wanted me to make something out of it. And so he wanted me to step up to a challenge that I wasn't quite ready for. And I think that that push, that being okay with failure, being able to step up to something and just try it, And hey, if you fail, that's okay. You just pick up those pieces and you try it a better way. And so I would say when I really think about the number one thing that my dad said to me that I probably say to my kids is, you're smart, figure it out. And so I'm there as a sounding board, but also I push them out a little bit. And, you know, when you're out there without that safety and, you know, you're doing something challenging, I think that's when you learn the most. What's great about our training is we also do that, but you have a coach there. So it is safe. And it's in small little steps, always challenging you. But yet it's within what you're capable of if you reach up to it. For many, you know, they think about I've got a a teaching coach or I've got a tutor and they think maybe they feel strange about it. And yet you look at every professional athlete on the planet mm-hmm. and they all have at least one coach Absolutely. or multiple coaches. And, you know, and that's seen as a good thing. Yeah. And that's what we are. We're coaches. We're not really, we're not tutors. Yeah. So, you know, you coach the folks along this business journey that you're on and, and continuing your dad's legacy. We, we think about everything, sweetness and light mm-hmm. and running a small business. Take us to one of those times where it wasn't sweetness and light and it was difficult for you. And what did you, how did your training help you get through a tough time? You know, there have been many situations that are tough. When you deal with people, <laughs> right, uh, it's tough. You know, we also, you know, sometimes you get accused of something that isn't something that really happened. And so, you know, one thing that we went through is our dealings with the FTC, and so, Federal Trade Commission? Yeah, the yeah. Federal Trade Commission. And so they were looking at brain training because we are the largest one-on-one brain training company in the world. We were kind of thrown into that bucket. And so we had a, it's not really a suit, but something filed against us. And the great thing is we had the proof. But it was hard. It's hard when your integrity or your results are challenged, especially when they don't even read through it. <laughs> but that was hard but it was also refining. And so we came out of it stronger, better. We had the research we needed. We got over 80% of it dropped. And so you come out of a situation like that, it seems unfair, but yet there must be some reason that you go through those. And so if you come out stronger and more refined, then you're better to take on the rest of what's out there for you. You know, I think about that just as a point for maybe the parent of the kid that's listening Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and maybe their magnitude of their problem was not the same as yours, but their version is, you know, the teacher says, I'm really not doing well in reading Uh or they say, I just can't write or my math skills are really awful. And you kind of go, you know, that's sort of an unjust indictment, I think for them. Mm -hmm. And they go through and they go, well, I want to assess what I'm doing. I want to see where I'm at. I want a tool to fix my problem and I'll show them. 
Yeah. You know, and I here's think the thing that. is you're, you're not stuck. And I think that people think that you're stuck. You know what I mean? You slap a label on it and you're stuck, but it's not true. In fact, every study on the brain in the last 40 years has shown that you can improve these underlying skills. So to me, it's a gift that every parent should give to their child, whether they're struggling or not, is the gift of being, you know, doing things better, faster, and easier. Why would you not want that for your child? To me, it's not even a program. <laughs> it really is a gift. And it's a gift I've given my kids. It's a gift I'll give my grandkids. It's a gift I want every kid I meet to have, especially if they are struggling, because it's hard. In my generation, it used to be that you would have a job Mm -hmm. And the job would last you your life. Yeah. And the skill that you had if you were working for an automobile company or a major corporation, you could have some reasonable assurance that you'd be there all your life. Nowadays, that's not remotely close to being true. And so you think about, at least in my mind, the adaptability mm -hmm. that you have to have to keep up with technology so you don't get technology out of your business or your job. And I think the ability to assimilate and learn information quicker Mm -hmm. You know, and, and have this as an advantage tool going forward seems critical to me. Yeah. You know, and, and being able to do that. So, you know, we, we've talked about your dad. We've talked about your hopes for the company. For the folks that are out there listening, what wisdom would you pass on to the parent that perhaps is struggling with some of their kids or even some of their challenges? And what advice would you offer them? I think the first thing is stop wondering Stop worrying at night and uh, find out why. Find out what's causing it. Even if you don't do brain training, at least know why. And it's so easy to do. It's just calling up, getting a cognitive assessment. It's under $200. So it's like a hair appointment, right? <laughs> Maybe a hair appointment and a couple coffees. <laughs> but, um, you know, for... $149, $189, you can go in, have them tested in those seven areas, see what is strong, what's weak, and then what you can do about it. I just think if every parent would do that, then they could stop worrying and know. You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of parents do wonder, like, why or, you know... <sighs> They're just trying to figure out, is it just that they're lazy? Is it that they can't do it? You know, a lot of these kids can't. And so our job is to take that, first of all, find the can'ts, and then to take that can't and turn it into a can. And so that's what we do on yeah. a daily basis. And it's not a rah-rah speech. It's here's the tools, and this is how you arrive at can. Yeah, it's nothing about a speech. It's nothing about encouragement. I could put $100 down on a table, and if you can't do it, you can't do it, right? So you can't earn that $100. But if I can take your can't and we exercise it, it's a mental exercise, and we strengthen it, strengthen it, strengthen it, strengthen it until you can. That's what we do, and that's why we have the results that we have. That's why we have the stories. You know, as, as we come to a close here in yeah. our discussion, you know, I, I think about, you know, for the parents that are, are really worked up, you know, and been there myself, yeah. and you go, I, I want answers. And then, like many parents, uh, I don't think so, is when they say your child won't learn this or your child is not smart, and you go, uh, I know better, mm -hmm. you know, and I just don't understand what button I need to push. Yeah. You know, and the reality is for, for this particular thing, it's a, it will offer you some level of comfort mentally that you go like, there is a solution to this particular challenge. Here are the steps that we can take. 
And so I can help my child. And I think that's just absolutely, you know, incredible. Yeah. Well, most of us will spend $7,000 to give our child braces, outward appearance. Why not give a gift like brain training to your child so that they can learn better, easier, and faster? It just, it makes sense. It truly is a gift. It's an Um, investment. It's an investment in their future. And it's just, to me, it's a no brainer. (laughs) Sorry. About the pun. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new logo. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense. Why would you not help your child? In closing, I really appreciate you taking your time to talk to us about your company and mm-hmm. the journey and how you can help these kids. And for folks out there, again, that are trying to, to get a hold of either a center or get a hold of Kim, it's uh, learning learningrx.com. Yep. You can just put in your zip code and find us. And thank you. It has been a real pleasure. Appreciate it. Thanks.